This episode is brought to you by Pittsburgh Comics, recently named one of the best comic book stores by the Pittsburgh City Paper. Pittsburgh Comics is the premier comic shop in the South Hills of Pittsburgh, located in McMurray, conveniently near Route 19 and Route 79. Pittsburgh Comic carries a large collection of new and back-issue comics, trade paperbacks, graphic novels, games, statues, action figures, and more. Don't forget Comics Perks. With the Comics Perks program, you can earn points on every purchase you make in the store. You get a point for every dollar spent, and every 100 points can be redeemed for $10 off a future purchase. Go to PittsburghComics.com for more, or follow them on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. The comic book pit? Okay. one of comic book pits uh that's one of our go-to lines it's the tires and length of fire that's right welcome to earth that's right yeah along with welcome to earth, earth. Yeah. um well let me you know let me, let me introduce the show real quick because i actually want to circle back to that uh welcome to the comic book pit podcast this is episode 377 i'm dan and with me tonight i've got scott what up and jared Hello. And okay, so going back real quick to Independence Day because <laughs> um, I, I so I haven't talked to you guys in a, like pretty like a month, right? Yeah. Since, since like mm-hmm. before the holidays. Um, my wife and I we started we watched the entire series of The Fresh Prince of Bel Air. Well, <clears throat> on HBO Max, as we were just previously talking about in our pre-show chat. I, I feel like people have a, a more f- fond remembrance of that show than than as an age. I can't remember the last time I've seen it. It's not great. Uh, I mean, it, 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 it's funny enough, but you know, but I, I just like it was until the like the the end of the show and that last season really limped to the finish. <laughs> um, he Will Smith basically went right from Fresh Prince to. Independence Day. Well I, was gonna, <laughs> well, I was gonna say, you know, final season, you're not gonna be the Fresh Prince. Right? Oh, oh, yeah. the <laughs> stale Prince of Bel Air. And and he and and he had already done Bad Boys. He did the first Bad Boys while he was doing Fresh Prince, which at the time I wasn't watching Fresh Prince, but I did see the first Bad Boys, and because he plays like this whatever narcotics officer. I just assumed like he had already finished doing Fresh Prince before he started doing movies because, you know, he's he was playing like a high school slash college kid. Now all of a sudden he's playing this undercover narcotics officer. So I just assumed that there was some gap between Fresh Prince and when he started doing movies. But he just started doing movies and I was not prepared for that. And it was just weird. He's the 90s Michael J. Fox. No, see, I was thinking he's the 90s Chris Pratt. 
You know, like oh well, well, well now see, I have problems with that type of analogy. Wouldn't Chris Pratt be the teens Will Smith or teens Mike? I think you're going backwards. I'm going backwards. Yeah, yeah you're going backwards. <laughs> I see what you're saying. The odds. I feel like you're doing a disservice to what had come before when you make yeah, yeah, reverse analogies. But um, you know, you know, because Chris Pratt got buff in the middle of his run on Parks and Rec. Yeah. 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 They had to write that into the show that he lost all kinds of weight. Yeah. But Will Smith's probably all like, you know, buffed up on the final season. Uh, he, well, he, really he, was, like, yeah, he was still pretty, like, it was a normal growth. You didn't get like all jacked. You go back yeah. and watch like, Bad Boys 1. He's not all diesel. He's, he's, well, right. He still looked pretty normal. Like, that's why I, I don't think I could could tell the difference between TV Will Smith and movie Will Smith because bad boys wasn't like a tentpole movie when it came out. I think that's it's those movies that kind of took off afterwards. Yeah. That's it's another action movie when it, that, that made all of those people. That's those the one people. that, yeah, they found out he made Will Smith and Michael Bay. Like right. I was saying Michael, that was probably a big one for Michael Bay. Yeah. Actually, that might have been his first because I think before he started directing movies, he was directing uh, TV commercials. I, I think, or so, in perhaps music videos. If I, yeah, you uh, you caught me flat-footed on the Michael Bay. If we go, if I pulled the Jared from like 1999. Yeah, I was gonna say it was the Rock. Well, I think I think The Rock was after Bad Boys, and I would say Armageddon was probably yeah. after The Rock. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Armageddon was '97. Okay. Um, the Rock, yeah, was I think was post. Okay. I think Bad Boys is what. Yeah, yeah Bad Boys was like '94, I think. Maybe. Explosion meter. Yeah. And the more explosions, the newer the movie. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so. But, um, yeah. The well, like I said, going back to the so we we watched the entirety of the Fresh Prince of Bel Air. I definitely understand now how shows, I mean, obviously TV shows are different then than they are now, but I think, you know, TV shows now are built for binging audiences and the shows that we watched weekly 20 years ago, you know, when you still, when you had a week in between shows, it, it's like you could reset and then enjoy the next week's episode. Um, I, I don't think I can watch 90 sitcoms anymore in a binge mode. Uh, yeah. They're terrible. Yeah. Like I, I grow to hate the characters because they are terrible week after week after week. Yeah. And uh, when you condense all that into one, like three hour sitting, I'm like, Oh my God, I want to kill myself. <laughs> yeah. I don't think they're meant to be consumed that way. So you're just saying there's no growth. With the characters, and that's what's your frustration is. Um, well, that's that's certainly part of it. Yeah, I mean, no, like the the characters don't really, um, even when some of them do, you know, go to college or graduate and uh, get jobs or do whatever. Um, they 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 still don't really change. Like nothing ever really changes. I think here's here's a here's a maybe a challenge is to try to watch the original. Not the original sitcom, but to try to watch Soap. Do you remember that? Yeah. 
soap was a sitcom, but it was a soap opera. So it changed from week to week where you actually had to follow the continuity. I wonder if, if that formula is any different, you know, like as far as like holding up over time. Mm. That's an interesting card to pull, Scott, because people of a certain age, and I'm, I don't mean anything insulting by this, but people of a certain yeah. age always pull the soap card. Like soaps before <laughs> my time, but I remember my parents talking about soap. You know why? So people who were like aware of it sing its praises, but it kind of yeah. fallen off of. Yeah, because it set the standard for sitcoms throughout the 80s, I think is why. So like it had like this long lifespan because everybody was like, you know, oh, this is like soap, you know, like even, though, even if it wasn't, you know, like I don't even know. Because honestly, I didn't watch it that much. I saw a few episodes maybe, but I never followed. Well, I think. Well, that was so. So I'm looking at it. It was before our time. I mean, we were. It, it went from uh, like 77 to like yeah, 80 or 81. I think it only went four seasons. Yeah. Um. But yeah, it was. Um. It was good. I mean, it was. I remember it a little bit. I remember it was funny. Um. And like little clips that I've seen of it since then is you know have been. Um. But it's 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 definitely it's not streaming anywhere. I can tell you that. Mm, you just coming. That's what I was looking for. Was where is it at? How is it not? How is it not? How, how is anything not like? Who's not jumping on that bandwagon? Well, you know that has got to be worth something. Yeah. Well, you know, twenty thirty years ago didn't didn't foresee like the streaming model. So like like a show like um. Like moonlighting, that's oh. not anywhere. Yeah, they and exist though. Like they exist. Like it's not like they don't. It's not like they erase them. Like, no, but they're not streaming. Apple. Like yeah. you can, you can find like you. The best you can do is find it on YouTube. Um, I don't even know if if you can get them on DVD. And moon, moonlighting, I was in high school and I felt like a grown up watching that show. Yeah. <laughs> like, well, I. <laughs> And I think, and I, th I'm, I'm gonna guess that part of why we probably haven't seen moonlighting is, pr um, you know, they they used like a lot of music. Oh, music, yeah. So yeah. I think I think a lot of shows get get hung up on music rights. They get stuck. I, I I've noticed this in um, Scrubs, the oh, sitcom yeah. Scrubs. Like I watched Scrubs when it was first on, and then. Years later, I'm watching it on streaming services, and there will be an episode that I remember a distinct song, but they've changed it because they didn't have the rights to. Oh yeah. So they've edited out that that uh, that song. Um, I'm a generic costumed hero. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Dan, if you want soap or Scott, you can get it on DVD for twenty two bucks off Amazon. Oh, there you yeah, go. The whole, the whole shebang. How about how about this? If you if you try to watch Dawson's Creek on a streaming service, the uh, the theme song that everybody knows is not is not there. They they've replaced it with another oh, song. Yeah. yeah, you know what's funny too is uh, I'm okay with Clayton. That's the only reason why I watched. Uh, you know, I, I I just want to hear that damn song. I was the same way for um, uh, Tour of Duty because they pay, they played Paint It Black. Mm -hmm. 
and it's a, it would be on repeats, and it's a different song, you know, it's just music or something. I'm like, I don't even want to watch it now. Like, I just, <laughs> I was like, but if you played Painted Black, I'm like, I'm in it, man. I'm watching, you know, Tour of Duty for an hour. Yeah, yeah it's like when they when they do that, you feel betrayed. Yeah. And then I'm like, nah, it's probably not as good anymore. <laughs> If they, like if they could do that, then what else have they done to this show? Yeah. <laughs> Nothing's real. <laughs> Speaking of shows, mm-hmm. about the the latest Marvel uh, the Marvel donation to our to our brains. Yeah, WandaVision. 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 Wand- yeah, I like it. I didn't like the fir- the first episode. I was like, what the fuck is happening here? <laughs> and it's just like, and I get it. It's like, you got to like, just wait and let it grow. God. Because the advertising campaign crammed down my throat, told me that something is going to happen. And, and I don't care. As far as I'm concerned, the trailers and the ads are all part of the narrative now. Like We're so indoctrinated to consuming the promotional material mm-hmm. that is part of the narrative. Like that's it. You, you've yeah, started yeah. again. And then when we, show, we're primed. Okay. Yeah. We all know what's coming. So when I get 20 minutes, like here's, I get it. Like you're set in the world. Wanda's like living vicariously in this world of based off old timey sitcoms. I got that. From the ads, it was very clear that's what you were selling me. I didn't need 30 minutes with a B plot, a vision at the office, and like the guy at the desk over being here, like a human computer. Like I didn't need all that. I didn't need the mom dancing all squirrely. Like, give me some meat. That's why I think they did episodes one and two in the initial drop because I think they knew we can't drop this one solo. Yeah, yeah. coming back next week if we just drop this shit on him solo. We got to put him two, and number two has got some meat on the bones, and that's where and that's where you like it. That's where the hook's at. And number three was good. I I was all about it. Number two, I'll sing the praises of number two because Susan fell asleep during it, which is not singing the praises for. But (laughs) so we came, we visited like the next day, and I let that shit play. It's incredibly watchable. Mm-hmm. Even with this little like B plot, whatever, like it was all, it was very strong. Um, the scene in the library, you can where he's there with the other two guys, you can kind of yeah. see some of that. But like once it gets to the talent show and shit, like all that, mm-hmm. very watchable stuff. Yeah, and then, and then there's some meat on the bones. I have a big theory about the show. Like I always have to come up with something, <laughs> um, because that's what I do. I can't. Like, I, I think it's the same thing. Like, I experienced the same thing you did. Like, but then I, I have to apply meaning because if there is no, like, if I'm, if I feel like I'm watching a B plot, then what I really feel, I should infer that there's something more to it. Like, there's some subtext that they're laying down. That's, so, you're a better man than me, Scott Hedlund. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so that's what you I do. Recognize that and embrace it. Yeah. That's so what I like, do. You just get to it. Like, we know what's happening. So like I I'm I'm on board with I think Link had said it on on Facebook um, but uh, that the show's about Wanda and being broken from losing the vision and losing uh, Petro Pe- Petro Pietro. Yeah Pietro her accent she lost her accent too 
think her accent came back to that part though. A little bit, yeah. That's yeah. Just sort of, you know, people never you see like on the news when like newscasters will be like in the weather today it is seventy degrees and sunny, and now let's go to Tatiana Sien. <laughs> <laughs> you know what though that's that's where she broke she broke from the tv sitcom trope and she was starting and that's why that woman was able to speak to her and goes your brother you know died you know he was killed by all like she when when she said he was killed by ultron i was like oh damn when she tried to explain herself she no longer could and here's what i here's here's what i think's happening Obviously, we all think that Wanda's using her hex power and warping reality around there, right? We all we're all pretty much agreeing. There, the people in that in that town are also contained and forced to live out what she is dictating. But every time her power wanes, so does their personalities. So, like the guy was like cutting through the. He was he was like stuck, you know. He was cutting through the cement. So it was like the like like the fabric of Wanda's reality was getting weak. Yeah, and then and then they were like having a and then all of a sudden they snap back into their characters and they're like, well, toodaloo, you know. Mm-hmm. And, uh, Agnes walks away or whatever. So well, yeah, I think though this is what I think, and I'm just going to throw it out there, is that she's actually somewhere where they're trying to rebuild the vision. And she's trying to rebuild the vision as well. Because at the end of three, you see she's in a field. They're in a field somewhere. Like that town's real, and she did something to it. So yeah. And here's why the reason why I think that is because when Vision's at work and it's that mundane scene, he goes, "All we do is process data. What are, what is it for?" And no one could explain, and he couldn't explain it. Mm-hmm. And then, and then they also had a big question about the heart. And Mr. Hart, and then Mr. Hart chokes at the table, and she and Wanda's like, save Mr. Hart, you know, tells Vision. And I think what it is, here's what I think is the subtext, is that Wanda is trying to find Vision's soul. Because the soul gem's gone, and she can't accept that he is no longer, like, a person. That's what I think. Look at you. Here I am, just like, shitting on it. And there you are, like, no, there's gold in this shit. I'm <laughs> He's like, I'm gonna pick, I'm gonna pick the, this I'm gonna pick the peanuts out of this shit. Yeah, that's right. I'm just like, flush it. Um, <laughs> go to two. I think so, I. So Kitty Foreman dancing. Tell me the subtext of that, Scott. The other subtext, and I, and like I say, I agree with a lot of things, but like they go to the commercial break, and that little thing's beeping. But when they came back from the commercial, the lights were out. It's because like his heart stopped and she's and he restarted it, so the lights went down. So then they came back on. He goes, "Oh, it's fine." You know, like I think that he, I think she's in there trying to help him. Like I think that's what, but I think she's also under duress. So I don't know. Yeah. So I I'm, do know from looking at the cast listing of this, um, there's going to be more meat on these bones. Yeah. Um, oh, Agnes. So that lady that. Um, her name starts with a G. The sword agent that she gets yeah. out of the bubble. That's um, Captain Marvel. That's Monica Rambeau. Monica that's Rambeau, Rambeau, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, and I, that's, I saw that from looking at the cast listing. Um, and then Kat Denning's character from the Thor movies is in it as well. Is she? Yeah. yeah. 
Yeah. Okay. The other, oh, here's the other thing I was thinking about is when he when Vision went to the family watch meeting or the neighborhood watch meeting. I think those guys were actually having a real meeting. You know, like whoever they they're actually agents that are trapped in there, and they were actually having a discussion about how to, how to get the hell out. And when he walked over, they were all like, "Oh, what are you doing here, Vision? Why don't you go back to wherever you were?" So we can, but then they, then they just went along with it, you know, cause he was there. So they, mm-hmm. I was like, man, what if they're all, tr- you know, what if they're agents? Cause they also appear in every sitcom. So I, I think I fall somewhere in between you guys where I'm, I'm trying not to think too hard about it because I feel like, you know, like the, these three first three episodes to me, it's, it's essentially like the first 15 minutes of a movie. Like we haven't gotten anything like we're just starting to get the nuggets of, of what's going on. And I do agree that there's, there's a lot of subtext. This is like the, you know, Marvel's version of the Truman show where this is like, they, they, they keep fabricating. Someone is fabricating this reality, whether it's, it's Wanda or, or the organization known as sword. They fabricated it to keep her in check because maybe her power is out of control or One of the for whatever reason. The, the t- looking at the timeline, because you know, Mar- that's the other thing about Marvel is they're, they're crazy about the timeline and the order. And since they didn't specify, it obviously happens after Endgame. And Wanda had been in the blip, like she was gone. So she's had five years to not deal with her stress yet. You know, so now she's immediately dealing with her PTSD um, and the vision. Meanwhile, though, the vision body parts have probably been laid around and studied for five years. So that's why I think that there's the two, you know, maybe S.W.O.R.D. has it. And every time, the other thing, see, I'm just going to go off, but the, uh, when he comes out of the manhole cover, they're trying to end it. You know, like, S.W.O.R.D. is trying to end the program, and Wanda won't let them. Like, Wanda's like, don't end this program. So whatever she's doing, she feels is more important than whatever they think they're doing. Because yeah, that shit was cool. She's like, stop or no, and then rewinds. And rewinds. That was dope. I like yeah. that. Yeah. Now, what 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 do you think about the theory that that was uh, AIM? It wasn't, though, because... There's a zoom in. He actually has a sword symbol on his. Uh, on oh, his, okay. Somebody screen capped it and zoomed in. The manhole cover had a sword symbol on it too. I don't know what the the whole wasp or hornet's nest thing is. It, hive, but they did hive in Agents of Shield, so I don't think that's what it is. Hmm. Um. Now, in the comics, weren't the boys Billy and Teddy? Yeah. No, it was Tommy. Oh, or Tommy. Tommy? Billy and Tommy. I was trying to think of, I was trying to recall my uh, young Avengers. Yeah. And I thought, I thought it was Teddy. I, I feel, I feel very lucky. Um, some of the first issues of comics I bought was West Coast Avengers. Dude. Oh, yeah. I and had those kid. I, that those pandemonium issues where the yeah. babies are the arms. Don't be be like nine years old reading that. You're like, what is going on with this comic book? That was one of the first things I ever read of of Avengers. And I was like, what is going on? I'll tell you what, though. 
there's so, <laughs> so I, I I haven't looked at those issues in a long time, and of course with this show, like everybody's been posting stuff about it from those issues online, and there was a panel of Wanda like trying to find the the the, the babies, and it turns out like they were in a they were safe in a bathtub or something. And I was like, Ooh, John Byrne cannot draw babies. <laughs> they, they looked like little, little men, like, but like just really gross. Like, I don't know. I was like, they, I'm like, they are terrible looking babies. John Byrne. <laughs> I, yeah. I don't know how I got my hands on them. If I picked them up at the newsstand or if they came in the, the pennies Christmas grab bag or what? I literally got into comics. Um, because I, I think they maybe had Inferno or Acts of Vengeance, and I was doing the crossover. So then I just started buying everything, and it was at that time. Yeah, it's, that was more Acts of Vengeance era. Okay. But yeah, oh man, well, that was a mind bender. Just yeah. Find that out. Mm-hmm. And then he got the like the pentagram in his gut, and he's like putting pieces of it back in. His yeah. And. It, and at that point, the vision was already uh, a white Android, right? Yeah. 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 Okay. So he, I, I looked it up real quick. Here's so the young Avengers. So, so there, so Hulkling is Teddy. Okay. Okay. Um, Wiccan is Billy. Okay. We forgot about the, uh, we forgot about the, the one speed. That's a speedster. That's t- okay. So uh, I, was, I conflated Hulkling. As one okay. of one of his kids. Well, because we always see Wiccan and Hulkling together because they're a couple. Right. Oh, they're not brothers. They're right. brothers. Right. right. Exactly. <laughs> so, but, but yeah, but in uh, in Young Avengers, like they actually, um, Tommy and Billy have different last names, so you don't know their their brothers right away. Right. Well, there's that's what it is. Their souls somehow. Yeah, that's, I, um, that's that Children's Crusade miniseries. Yeah. about that. So they basically then did validate that Wanda's kids did have souls mm-hmm. <laughs> at some point. Yeah, I might have to re- reread the Children's Crusade because I read it a few years ago and it looks nice because I think Jim Chung yeah, yeah, drew it. But. I think it was, wasn't like, it was, it was like 10 issues or something or yeah, it went for a while. It yeah. really like by the end, I was like, I don't know what the hell is going on here. And I did not enjoy it because I just, it really just sucked the life out of me <laughs> trying to keep up with it. I think it got delayed as well. If I, if I recall. Okay. And uh, so I think that may have something to do with it. Yeah, I guess. I mean, I, I think, Jim Chung is, I mean, I'm not, I'm not saying it was him, I'm, uh, but I'm, I'm guessing that there probably was an art delay if I had to guess. Cause you know, Jim Chung is, you know, I think he was yeah, kind of, whatever, I'll wait rather than get slapdash arts. And in, particularly in, he's a very, he's a good artist. So yeah. it usually takes mm-hmm. a little extra to, yeah, I'm very detailed. Yeah. Well, you know, well, overall I'm, I'm, I definitely enjoyed the first, three episodes. Um, I, I really, <laughs> I know a lot of people ha- and, 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 and I totally understand where it's coming from, but I, <laughs> from a different perspective, I enjoyed the first episode more than I thought I would because 
it was such a send up, uh, such a send up of the the old sitcoms of the '60s and '70s, like the the old Dick Van Dyke show. Oh yeah, and that got me on a personal level because when I was a kid, summer like summertime, the only thing on TV during the summer, like in the mornings and early afternoons, were old sitcom reruns. Yeah, because you know we didn't have cable like cable TV didn't exist in the early eighties or early to mid eighties. And you know, where I grew up and uh, so, you know, Oh, and I was, I was like, I spent summers at my grandparents' house, so they didn't have cable. So it was always whatever was on TV, whatever sitcom they watched. And it was always, you know, Dick Van Dyke, um, green acres, you know, just all these old shows. And, and I, I think it really goes more, to the acting chops of Paul Bettany and Elizabeth Olsen that they were, that they were able to really pull off. I mean, not just the acting, but the comedy, they were like legit funny. Yeah. Like I, I really enjoyed the, the novelty of these two comic book characters being put into this, this uh, 1960s black and white sitcom. It was so out there. Yeah. But somehow it worked. And knowing that there was a bigger story at play, that helped because I'm like, okay, this is funny for now. I, you know, and we all know something bigger is coming, but I'm just enjoying this for what it is. It's this screwball uh, comedy. I also like that to some degree, their powers work the same way a show produced in that era would have looked. Yeah. Like, that was like a nice touch. Yeah. Like, like bewitched. Yeah, how how you could tell everything was on a, a fishing line or something. Yeah, <laughs> that's what you know. You you said that like the first episode really reminded you of Dick Van Dyke. It did for me as well. And I also heard people say it was like I Love Lucy. Mm-hmm. Actually, here's another here's another theory: is the first episode I did feel was more about Vision, but now the other two episodes have been more about Wanda and what's going on with her. So I don't know if maybe they were just trying to set up, like, here's some stuff about Vision, and now we're going to move into, you know, Wanda's issues with uh, losing everyone. (laughs) Mm -hmm. I don't know. You know, it'll be interesting because I I forget how many episodes it's supposed to be. Yeah, I have no idea. I think it's supposed to be like nine. Eight or nine. So they got to... So we're about a third of the way. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. Though, like, so at some point in time, the, it's possible that the sitcom gimmick is going to expire, and then it will just get four episodes of meat and potatoes. Yeah, I think I agree, and I think yeah, they're going to you're going to do like a How I Met Your Mother like send out. Yeah, or or the, the Office where they just stare at the camera. <laughs> actually, yeah. I'll be okay with an Office. I I, I actually oh want to see that now. <laughs> I didn't even think of that. So like, like this like, 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 like 80s and then 90s, which and then I was like going to do like Seinfeld, but yeah, yeah. or like, like, like the vision holds up a coffee mug that says world's best Android. Yeah. 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 If it's all like single camera, like mockumentary, yeah, he's like, yeah, he's like, uh, you know, fixing the trophy, but it's a vision. Yeah. You know? <laughs> <laughs> That's what I'm going to be so disappointed if they don't do that now. Oh, uh, now I'm going to, yeah, now I'm I know this is blasphemy, Dan. I'm not a big Office fan. That's okay. I, I, not it's not for everybody. 
it's a little cringy. Um, but I, I, I now I, I absolutely must have yeah the Wandavision yeah. office. Sure. His his catchphrase will be that. That is what she said. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> This week's episode of Comic Book Pit is brought to you by Thriftburg. Do you need a gift that's more interesting than a gift card? Are you looking to reclaim a piece of your childhood? Thriftburg is your online stop for all things vintage and nostalgic. From the 1950s to the 1990s, they have everything from retro kitchen, dining, and barware to action figures, games, books, pop culture, collectibles, and more. Comic Book Pit listeners also get 10% off their purchase of $20 or more with coupon code COMICBOOKPIT. That's all one word, Comic Book Pit. So visit thriftburg.com and check out their hundreds of unique vintage items. All right, and we're back to talk some comics. Um, I was going to go first, if that's okay. Yeah, Just real please. Quick. I'm... I'm just I'm thrilled, you know. Well, I was thrilled when we when this was announced, and I was even more thrilled to to read it. But Iron Fist, Heart of the Dragon, number one, by written by uh, comic book legend. I mean, how else to describe him, Larry Hama, and uh, drawn by Pittsburgh's own Dave Wachter, friend of the show, friend of ours. Uh, we're yeah. the you know, when, when it was announced, we saw the like some some of the preview art. It looked amazing, and then you know picked up the first issue, and right out of the gate, it doesn't waste any time. It just it dives right into the story. Um, I will admit, I, I I feel like I was dropped in the middle of a larger story because there are characters involved uh that i have no like i don't know where these characters came from or how i would how would i i would even know to find the stories because there was no editor's notes telling us where to find like there's a little girl that's now danny rand's ward and then there's like a like a baby dragon or something that's hanging around but it, it it's almost like it doesn't matter it was the, the, that was almost secondary secondary to the larger story zombie ninjas and the taskmaster shows up and lady bullseye shows up and uh luke cage is there i mean just a wow. they, just a fun-filled issue they throw yeah they throw a lot with no exposition which honestly uh, you know, at, yeah, at first it's jarring, I agree. But then, like, I was like, okay, this is not meant to be, like, a dense read either, you know? Mm-hmm. So it, it's almost like Larry Hama's like, don't worry about the the backstory. Like, you, you'll get it. Right. Maybe, or you won't, you know? And, like, it doesn't matter. Let's just follow, let's follow him on his adventure, you know? And leave them at the apartment, you know. And then, like at the end, they're like, "Well, we came back to the apartment." It's like, "Oh, cool, okay." Well, yeah, you know, ninja sense. fight. <laughs> yeah. Well, well, look, nobody, nobody reads Iron Fist for you know to, to watch characters sit around and talk. Exactly. 
people, you know, read Iron Fist for for the action. Yeah. And Dave definitely delivered on that. You can see his um, in some of the panels. I thought it was funny because you could see that Ninja Turtle influence. Mm-hmm. You know, him, him working on issues of Ninja Turtles for a couple of years, and you can see it um, transfer over. Yeah, no, I I kept thinking that I, I I you know not to certainly not to diminish the the years of work he did for IDW on Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, but I feel like all of that has just led him to this point to do this Iron Fist comic. Yeah, I mean, you know, he paid his dues, and I'm I'm so happy that he got to do this. He's, he's doing this, you know, mm-hmm. this is awesome. I hope he gets to do. I hope it just keeps. The, keeps growing for him, you know, because mm-hmm. knowing how, when he got his foot in the door at IDW, um, I think he, they had, he had to approach with his, uh, his creator own book and basically like it's done. So he had to do all this work ahead of time just to get in the door. And then they're like, okay, well we'll give you some work. And he's like, he's like, man, I really want to draw Godzilla. And they're like, no, no, we got a guy for that. <laughs> you know, he got to draw Godzilla and then he got to draw like a series of it. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, then it, that rolled into like doing Ninja Turtles, I think at that point. And I think that was one of those things. Like he built a relationship with them and he moved, you know, moved up through their, you know, their process. And then now he's doing a book for Marvel and, you know, I hope it grows. I mean, that'd be awesome to just see him keep going. So, and then Larry Hama, I love it because he, just because he's one of the first comic books I ever read, like G.I. Joe, literally the top three books, you know, that I started comics with. Um, so Larry Hama is like one of my oldest favorite writers. Um, and I haven't read any of his, you know, I know Dan, you've read tons of his new stuff, the new G.I. Joe. For me, I didn't know what I was getting into, you know, like I didn't know how his style had changed or, you know, or what, you know, but I'm digging it. I'm, I'm happy with it. And honestly, like the old issues of G.I. Joe were written pretty dense and I'm kind of, I'm kind of happy that this is nice and loose and, you know, mm-hmm. enjoy the ride kind of writing. So. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I can't wait to to read more of this. I think it's just a it's a limited series. I think it's just yeah, like a five like issue, five or six. Yeah, I, I'm a dunce. I went to the comic book store yesterday, and I knew there was something I was looking for. Like I get my stack that's pulled. Mm-hmm. I know I'm looking for something. I went and looked at the shelves, and completely forgot. Like I total like I I couldn't remember what it was that I needed to remember to look for. So I put it on. I just. <laughs> Brought up the uh, the Comic Hub app and just ordered it there, so it'll be nice. Go pull it for me. Honestly, cool. I, I wasn't gonna go to the comic shop, and then I heard that that day, and I was like, "Oh, I better go. I better go get it right now before it's gone." Mm-hmm. And I think I did buy like the third last copy that day, so I don't know. I although I did hear some stores had damaged copies. I heard that somewhere. Well, oh, oh uh, Phantom of the Attic, I think had damaged. Oh really? And they had just gotten their books in this week. Oh bummer. Yeah, they got a replacement order. So, if you haven't had a chance to uh, pick up that issue, definitely try and get a copy before 
before they all sell out because I think they will because this is the, this book is that good. Yeah, I mean Dave Dave is just killing it in these pages and and uh, yeah, like I said, as as someone who as you know as we all know Dave and mm-hmm. you know we've hung out with Dave and he's a great guy, just great to see his progression. So yeah, um, I could go if you want. Okay. Speaking of sellout books, let's talk about. Star Wars The High Republic, featuring all new Star Wars characters. I'm actually not gonna I'm not gonna talk too much about it. Um, but I I just wanted to say but it this is just a curious book because uh, this is a new property from Lucasfilm. They they're saying it takes uh, it's uh, two hundred years before the events of the movies. The High Republic, it's when the Jedi were at their their finest um in this it's really kind of it's kind of a silly concept but they built a space station like it's like a supposed to be like this beacon of light kind of thing where they can you know spread more goodwill Hmm. it's like it's just a you know i mean this looks it looks like babylon 5 you know i don't know (laughs) and and it's a galaxy you know so like shouldn't they have like a hundred space stations you know or something i don't know Maybe that's just uh, like uh, young buck Jedi's just getting started. And that's what the book's really about is they're just introducing it's I'll just say right off the bat. It's me as a Star Wars fan. It's not for me as an old Star Wars fan. This is mm. a book for, um, you know, more directed at teenagers, you know, um, but it, it focuses on young Jedi's, you know, young Padawans that want to be Jedi's. Um, in their adventures, and it's very, it's very light in that um, that there's nothing wrong, you know. And they're, you know, they're not in a a state of turmoil or or you know, mm. Star Wars, you know. There's peacetime Jedi. It's peacetime Jedi's, yeah. And but there's there's still like you know hidden darkness in the in the galaxy, and that's what they're. It's almost like a young Indiana Jones kind of thing, you know, where they're they're uncovering some darkness. Okay. Um, and that's, and that's much the gist of it. So, but like, yeah, I, I know I'm showing this on the, on our little webcam. Viewers can't see it, but that's the, uh, oh, that's the space the station. Yeah. The, oh, okay. The, the Citadel. Um, but yeah, maybe they, maybe they only built one because they wanted the other fran. Maybe they wanted, maybe it's like a franchise. They want the other planets to buy into it. Like a, like a Panera bread or something. Right. They're owner operated Citadel. Like you just get the naming rights. But you gotta That's agree. right. I think it's strange too, because they remove themselves from, uh, you know, from what we know of the galaxy. So like nothing occurs in familiar territory. They're just like, this is all new. You know, they're out here on the station. There's, you know, some new planet that they're investigating. And it's kind of weird in a way that they don't use anything that that is known except for Yoda. Like he's there because he's, you know, super old. Mm-hmm. Um, is he young? Well, he's 200 years younger. So he's like 700, you know, okay. so, he's, so, he's, so he's pretty spry. Yeah. He's got a goatee drives a convertible. Yeah. He's got a, he's got a soul patch. Yeah. <laughs> um, no, and I say the curious thing, the curious thing about this book is it, it is sold out and it's gone to like 
second and third printings, I believe. Jesus. Which I'm like, why? Yeah, but I, <laughs> but I think it's only printed 12 copies, Scott. That's yeah. Is it is it speculated that it's speculation? It's going to be like maybe this is going to be the next movie or something. It's first appearance speculation, I believe. It's a lizard uh, man. Lizard man, uh, like, um, big character. We could and and I can let go of this book if you want to talk about something else. But Future State, uh, Teen Titans also sold out for the same reason. Yeah, what was that character? Was that the uh, the um, Damien, like Skull with the X face guy? Yeah, he was from the the cartoons, but it was his first wow. first appearance in a comic book. Who is that character? Uh, okay, I don't know. Skull with the X face guy. Like I'm fucking naming Legion of superhero characters. <laughs> Um, we're just we're just we're just three old men. We don't know. I didn't, yeah, I didn't buy that one because I, I don't care about them. That's what I did too. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I have been buying quite a bit of them. Um, I, jeez uh, Louise, it, 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 okay. So I've got Batman next. Batman. I read that. I think you guys read that. You know, I read Superman and Metropolis because I'm a sucker for Superman. Uh, I read Superwoman. Because I, I like I like the Superwoman character, Supergirl character. Red X. Um, Red X. Red X. Okay. Red I like Skull. Yeah, I like the guys. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I don't remember least, what it was, but it, mine was better. Um, yeah, at least you you put your some thought into yours. Red X is just like yeah, he's literally wearing a red X. Trying? Yeah. Um. So in so Superman Metropolis was fine. It was, it was all right. Um. I read Harley Quinn. Um, Harley Quinn, it, it was it was cool. It was like a cool setup. It's kind of a shame it's gonna be quick because I almost have like a episodic, like seasonal type flair, like where she's recruited to hunt down like Gotham rogues. It's like oh, this could be like a monster of the week type deal, but it's only gonna be two, so it's obviously not. And then I I, I felt weird because it's like the coloring's too dark. Wow. And some of the like I'm looking at this like I don't know what I'm looking at. Like I can't see it like it's like are you, you're proofing these things like on a backlit screen and that was not just the harley quinn as a couple of these future state books where i feel like you gotta like bump that back like 10 percent, just like slide the dollar just a little bit because you you're, you're backlit when you're proofing these things and you're not considering how paper's gonna absorb that. i feel mm-hmm. like i'm turning into jim and ed over here um, <laughs> then, on the screen yeah Get it under the hot lights. Um, and then some of the and then the Harley Quinn, some of the compositional choices were a little like I don't mind like illegible artwork. Like I, I love like Chris Bocciol and X Men, and who knows what the hell was going on like half the time with that. But some of these are like I don't know what I'm looking at. And then so the, like the the writer had to bail him out with like caption boxes. And so like oh that's Mr. Pig's mask. That's what that was supposed to be. That's like three circles and it's really dark. I can't tell. Um, so that was cool. Um, I read Wonder Woman, the new the new Wonder Woman. That was a I fun read that one. one. That was fun. I, I liked it. The art was, was gorgeous. Yes. Yeah, yeah. I'm. That was a recommendation from Tom up at Phantom in Monroeville. Because that's what he said. Like the art drawing, good on this book. Yeah. And I realized Joe Jones was drawing it as well. If I had realized that, I probably would have picked it up. Yeah. Um. That was an E one. Like I, I sort I'm cool. You talk about Scott like with your your um one of your books you said, like you just like dropped in. I think it was Iron Fist. 
and, and we're sort of dropped in with these as well. Right. And it's been good for them. And, and it's it's fun. Like, you can roll with it. Like they tell you what you need to know and you just sort of run with it. Yeah. Because it's just one division where I'm like, screw you. Don't do this to me. They went a different way. Yeah. I'm a hypocrite. Um, one book. Okay. So one book that I read that stuck out um, was Dark Detective. It's like Bruce. Wayne. But the only thing that's killing me is like, I don't, they don't all happen at the same time. These future state books, they happen at different states in time. They're all over right? Yeah, they're all over the place. And they don't tell you. But Future State, uh, The Dark Detective was pretty cool. What what I enjoyed the most was The Outsider's backup story in that mm. one. Like, that was that was pretty solid. I like that, too. In, in the next, the issue, the first issue of Next Batman, I actually, I I usually don't care much for, for any backup stories, but... I feel like every every backup story in the next Batman was really good. Okay. I'm trying to remember them. Here's my deal. You're charging me like seven or eight bucks. I'm going to read it because I, I, I paid for it. And if mm-hmm. you give me like three full issues, like I like can next Batman, which I like next Batman. That was a really good standalone. Like that would have worked as a standalone story. Like that is, it was almost like a timeless standalone oh, Batman I story. They, uh, I heard they're crossing that over with the regular Batman, right? Next Probably. I think all this stuff's going to become incorporated into the into the, the, the regular stuff. I think this is the DC throw throw the crap against the wall. Yeah. What sticks stays. Yeah. What what were the backup stories in that next pack? <laughs> um, one of them was uh, it was the Outsiders. Um, was that maybe I was thinking of that book instead? Is that the uh, one with um? It had Katana, Katana, Black Lightning. Black Lightning. Oh, that was in Next Batman? Oh, that was in... Yeah. Right, my bad. My bad. Well, that was good. Whatever book it was in, it was good. Then Arkham Knight was the other one in Next Batman? Yes. That one sucked. I didn't like that one. Um, I, I liked the art in it, and I, I liked the idea behind it. I think the execution was not great. But particularly... Following, like that, I think that Outsiders book story... If it weren't for Nick Darrington, that outsider story probably would have been the strongest of the three, which is not good. I mean, it's outshine even like the cover story almost uh, is not good. But I really like that Batman. It was really good. That outsider was really good. I swear there's something about Dark Detective I liked. I don't know. I guess I was getting my books. Fuck, what else is there? I read, I've been reading, I feel like half of them. Um, I just read the Superman War of the Worlds one yesterday. That one, okay, so that one was a lot like the WandaVision episode one, where it's all just like setting up. I'm like, we know what's happening. Like, just get to it. Like, it's on the cover. Like, he's Superman of Mars. Like, just why, why do I need, you know, it's a 20 page story in 19 and a half, or just like about stuff that you, you sit in the peripherals up. And so I get it. And like, don't be a dunce. Just go with it. Um, there was a really cool Midnighter story in there too. I like the art. It's so weird to see like um, is that the guy the the Batman ripoff is that his name Midnighter and then what Apollo Superman yeah, yeah. ripoff. Okay, it's kind of weird to see them incorporated into the DC books because like they're the analogs of those characters. So it's like why do I have right like I have you you're Batman but, <laughs> but you're Batman with guns so you're Red Hood. I mean it's just all right but whatever. The art was cool and it was neat. Like they were on War World, and then they've been doing some stuff with the the shallow Norman Mister Miracle, 
which I've read like old Kirby, Mr. Miracle. Like that, that's a character. They didn't pull that character out of nowhere. That's a character that comes from like OG canon. Like he was just a little kid then. And then he even references um, the other two whose names are Scott, Scott Free and the guy before Scott Free. Because you, as you recall, Mr. Miracle isn't like a, an apocalypse creation. Mr. Miracle was like uh, an escape artist on Earth, and Scott Free adopted the. Oh, Mr. right. Like, uh, yeah. Mr. Miracle before Scott Free, he was like an old man. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Because that was like in like the very first issue of Mr. Miracle, you, you see that. You see him adopting the guise of Mr. Miracle. Yes. That, that's Kirby shit. So that's. You can't hate on anybody for being like, I saw my Mr. Miracle. Like, yes, it is. <laughs> you just didn't realize it. Um, I don't know. I got I have Wonder Woman out there yet to read. Is there another Batman? I forget. I don't think there's any more Batmans. I got Batman's out there, yin yang. No, so the then one I got waiting for me is uh Immortal Wonder Woman, because I'm curious. Okay. And it's weird. Like this is like the most Wonder Woman I've I think I've like doubled my Wonder Woman like stock. This month, mm-hmm. so it's uh, I'm intrigued. That's my quick for all the future state. It's just my my critique for uh, the future state Wonder Woman. I I, I love me some Joelle Jones, like I mm-hmm. and like her run on Catwoman too was amazing. And um, but this here's the thing about when when they let the artist write is that she writes a lot of things that just artists find amusing. Yeah. So, so like, there's pages where you're just kind of like, what are we doing here? <laughs> you know, like, what's going on here? And it's just like, she's she's just playing out something that she thought was, was cool, like, as an artist, which is fun, but it's also like, what what's going on? You know, like, as a reader, you're kind of like, where, where are you going? And that's yeah, like, it doesn't. Oh, doesn't lend itself to good storytelling. Like, oh, you're just doing a somersault. Okay, I get it. You know, okay, we're walking again. Okay. <laughs> you know, but I mean, that's, that's, a, it's also, it's also like, if you, I guess if you see it that way, then you also start to appreciate, you know, maybe, um, you know, the amusement in her mind, you know, but I, I get that from Adam Hughes too. Whenever, whenever Adam Hughes writes his own stories, there's a lot of, there's a lot of like mind doodles that play out on the page. So. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I can never really truly read an Adam Hughes comic. Right. I can only look at it and then maybe glance at the words. Right. Because you're like, what is going on? Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah you know, sometimes like the artists, I think artists feel like they have to overcompensate because they're not traditionally, you know, they're not writers by trade. Certainly they understand the medium differently than a traditional writer for sure. Yeah. So I know, you know, like, Hey, when we draw stuff, we're like, I don't know how to, I, me at least I'm like, I don't know how to write. I'm just going <laughs> to, I'm going to do this. Okay. Another mm-hmm. thing done. Sweet. <laughs> <laughs> well, I had a, uh, another DC book to talk about real quick. Um, the final issue of Deceased Dead Planet came out, uh, number seven. And it's just, you know, I'm not going to say too much about it. It was just, a, it, it put a cap on a really great series. I mean, I, I, I feel like I've, I've 
talked about the deceased books, um, well, to death, no pun intended. Um, but but I can't help it because they're just really good. I mean, they're just from the beginning of the dece- the whole deceased storyline. I mean, it's just been a really uh, fun and uh, engaging tale. I I kind of feel like they have, even though this is the final issue of this series, I feel like they have to. There's they definitely left some loose ends out there. Um, because I remember, I think halfway through this series, they were doing some stuff with the new gods and like apocalypse and new Genesis and Mr. Miracle and Mr. Miracle's son. And they didn't really tie that up. So I'm wondering if they're going to revisit that at some point deceased, like the just continues to thrill me. And I, I hope they do more because they've, they've proven that they can, this is like a property that they can keep going with. And it's um, it doesn't feel like they're just um, it's not just a cash grab. It's like, they're really Tom Taylor is just really telling a good story um, in a really different way. So a lot of fun. And this was a, was it, there was uh, two parts, right? Like, so the original deceased and you're talking about the second series, right? Right, so there was so the original miniseries was called Deceased. Yeah. Oh, and actually, no, there was there was a, there was one in between called. Uh, it was a three issue series. Uh, oh crap! I'm blanking on it, but it focused on the people that were left behind, and it was a group of villains. And then this seven issue story was Deceased, Dead Planet, where the heroes from the first series came back to Earth after they evacuated Earth. Because there was oh. talk of a cure, but they had to come back to Earth to to try and find it. Then there was also there was a weekly digital deceased series. Oh wow! Um, but that which was good, I still got those too. But those were stories that were kind of like in between the panels. You know, you didn't necessarily have to read them. That was just extra material. Okay, um, but. But those, the I, I think the the digital series, they were news stories. I feel like that that took place, like I said, kind of in between the panels of the first deceased series, if I'm remembering it correctly. So there's a lot of deceased out there. <laughs> but I, I, I just read the first one, you know, the first series, and just more out of the interest of saving money, I didn't pick it up. But I did enjoy it. <laughs> I think I think the third. I, or I'm sorry. I think the three issue series, the second series that came out was called Unkillables. Okay. And that was pretty good for 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 just a three issue series. They packed a lot in there, and the the finale of it just kind of kind of blows you away. It was uh, pretty awesome. Well, very nice. All right. So, um, yeah, deceased. I would I would recommend any you know. Start if you haven't read Deceased. If you think it's just a DC version of Marvel Zombies, you are, you know, you're you're doing dead yourself wrong. a disservice by not reading it. You're dead wrong. <laughs> oh, you're dead wrong. <laughs> you talk about um, budget casualties. I look at books like that, Scott, as just like fodder for once we can start going back to like conventions and and whatnot. yeah. That's like back, just dive at you know, the hunt, you know, that's just, yeah. just tagging that prey for later. You know, you're hunting down later. Yeah. 
the long boxes, the dollar sales. Yes. That stuff. <laughs> yeah, I agree. That's that's what I've thought about a bunch of books. I'm like, well, if I ever saw that for a dollar, yeah, I would buy them all. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, what's also like, I guess, kind of cool now about like that stuff and those stories. I I was thinking of though what you were talking about. I was thinking of that, and they did that whole like line of the injustice books, which is whatever. But now with this uh, omniverse that they've set themselves up with, like it all, it's all like legit. It's all out there. And then, I mean, they have all their toys. And so they yeah. can now, all their toys can now play with one another yeah. at mm -hmm. one point or another. So you can have whomever the challengers of the unknown, like land into the deceased world and hijinks and sue. Right. What have you. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. Which quick hit. If, 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 if I may, uh, anybody else? Okay. So speaking of that, like what the Omniverse now presents, I realize that there's a book I read today that I kind of fits into that category now. So I, well, I got it off eBay. It's a 20-year-old book, just about. It's Superman and Savage Dragon, and it's the uh, the Eric Larson one. Yes. Yeah. So I had to, I had to go to eBay to find this thing. So here's what happened. Remember when I told you guys, you're like, oh, yeah, like from the 90s. And I said, no, it's from 2002. As I recall this, I had DC's version back in the day. And that was like Superman, Savage Dragon, Metropolis was that one. And that was by Louis Simonson and John Bogdanoff, which was like the Superman, the Man of Steel creative team. Okay. That came out in 99. And then the Eric Larson one was so delayed, it was three years later when it finally came out. And by that point in time, I was well into college, and I was at that stage in life where I don't have money to keep up with comics, and right. so I became a casualty of that. And that's why I had to buy it on eBay 19 years later. Right. But I'm reading it. I'm like, this is like 93, because the story that it told, the way the, where the characters were at, was like... It, it was kind of like pre-death of Superman era. Like even the Savage Dragon like characters and storylines is like occurred like way earlier, like way earlier. Like this is like the characters that the Eric Larson was using, like they were like pre-Savage Dragon 50, which is like early, like mid 90s, like 96, I think somewhere around there. And he used the Lex Luthor that had like the hand cams, the fake hand, it was the fat Lex Luthor with the fake hand. Remember, because he had like a crypt like thirty years ago, he had a kryptonite ring. He got uh, yeah, he got he, he got kryptonite poisoning, and they had to yeah. amputate his hand. Yeah, and it's that Lex Luthor, which like by two thousand two, that guy was well off the table. I mean, even by mid nineties, that guy was off. I mean, by Death of Superman, it was the uh, the clone body with the the flowing red locks and and shit. Like oh, there's yeah. that Lex Luthor. So I'm like, what? Did, so I'm reading. I'm like, oh my god, like this. And I'm reading like two thousand two. Like this. Like, do I have like a fifth printing of this bitch? Like what happened? Like how did, did this work? And I think what it what it was just someone just like I'm using these versions of the characters. It's almost like what the Omniverse now presents to yeah. create. You're not tied in by continuity because like 2002, they'd already done like Lex Luthor had already been president. Like they're well beyond all of this stuff. So I'm like, okay, so I just, whatever, I just accepted it as that. And it was a lot of fun. Like, having been reading, like, a whole mess of Savage Dragon recently, 
particularly like those earlier ones where like a lot of these like characters and storylines fit. It was really fun seeing like the Savage Dragon characters with the Superman characters. Like the story is like they hijack Superman's rogues and they join the vicious circle and they're trying to, so that, that was kind of neat. And it was very fun just to see that like Eric Larson energy with like Superman and and, and stuff like that. So it, it was, it was well worth, um, getting it off of eBay and I, I I did that thing. I pulled that dick move where you wait till it's like at two seconds and then you chime in and bid. Like a sniper just laying in the yeah. laying in the weeds for like a week. <laughs> That's how you do it, man. The moment was right. I played the trick. Nice. <laughs> the only way to bid. Any other bid is a throwaway bid. Yeah. Because it uh, just got you still get into a war then. Right. So you gotta you take your shot. And yeah, you rustle up everybody that's sitting in you know, I, I did. I was savvy. So it was like 270 was like where it was sitting at. Like the shipping was more than the book itself. Nice. So I go to place my bid. I'm like, I'm going to sit at the five. And I had a moment of pause. I was like, no, I'm going to sit at the six. Yeah. Because five is like what eBay gives you. It's like the defaults. Like, so I like chose like, the, I was like yeah. no, no, no. I'm going to do a manual entry and go to six. Five fifty was the winning. Was the win? I won it at five fifty. Now if I won five, I'd have lost it. See, but, I'll, uh, I'll throw an extra penny on there just to. Ah, oh, you don't like prices right rules almost. Yeah. <laughs> well, I'd like to bid one dollar. Yeah. Um, I I want to I want to talk about something else too. I just read, I just read the recent Incrediman funnies on. Oh, book pit, uh, Patreon, and because you reminded me, Jared. But speaking of, you know, uh, a similar Superman kind of character and a guy that's all green. I yes. was like, Wait a minute. I'm like, so that all that's original cool. ideas happening over here. In this, <laughs> so Jared, just for the the viewer, the listeners at home, but Jared writes Incrediman for. Uh, for his own amusement and also for ours. Yes. And it's all available on uh, Comic Book Pit's Patreon. Um, but this recent storyline included us a very similar character to uh, Superman. Not Superman, just very similar. And Incrediman himself. And, uh, you yeah. know, anyway, I was, I was cracking up. I really, okay. I, I did. I, uh, the, the way it ends actually where I was like, wow, well, that took a dark turn. <laughs> That's what my dad said. <laughs> you know, Scott, if you uh, if you are interested in hearing more of the uh, the creation of that strip, there's a uh, uh, auxiliary podcast with myself and uh, Sean Atkins. Yeah, I think Daniel here has a cameo as well. Uh, the Sequential Underground is available via the uh, Comic Book Pit Patreon as well. Nice. Okay. Yeah. Course, okay, I don't know what tier you're at, so maybe you got to kick it a little more into the kitty to get it. But oh, I might have to, yeah, yeah. In, w- in which case, I know you won't. So I'll just call Sean, and then we'll just tell you what we said. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I I'll, think I'll if, 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 at the next show. Yeah. if Scott, if Scott were to to contribute one hundred dollars, would you and Sean recreate that episode yeah. live? <laughs> Yes, we'll do it in your living room. Reenacted. Like 
like like like like Shakespeare in the round. Yes. If you both podcast in the round. from your homes and then cut it together. Oh, yeah. okay. <laughs> in, in a COVID world, that is the more uh, yeah. responsible move. <laughs> oh man! Yeah, if someone wants to kick in a hundred, I, I I shouldn't speak for Sean Atkins, but I feel that I can. If someone kicks in a hundred dollars of the comic book Patreon. We will do a live reenactment of, of a podcast. We'll just do a live podcast for you. We'll just sit across the table from you, yeah. ignore you, and have a conversation between you. The audience of one tier. Yeah, yeah. An audience of one. Which uh, <laughs> I remember the uh, the figure it out numbers. I think we did that already. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> but hey, it's going to a good cause. Keep the lights on here. There you go. Well, thank you, Scott. I appreciate that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You just reminded me. I just, I just read it. I, I make sure I like all the posts, so you guys know that I've, I've read them. So. Well, I, I'll give you a little teaser. I had just not, the idea from that. I just read the uh, what are, uh, what happened to the man of tomorrow. Yeah. Yeah, I, I tracked those down. This may have been pre-COVID. Like, that was a long time. Like, I was working way ahead because this was actually that was meant to be a seven by seven. But I was like light years ahead, uh, uh, you know, with with getting stuff done. So that one, I think, like that was around lockdown times when I started doing that. Okay. Like, right. I, I started pre-lockdown and then like lockdown occurred while I was making that one. Oh right. So yeah, I'd read the. I'd finally got my hands on the Alan Moore's, and that inspired it. There you go, a little, little peek behind the curtain. Yeah. the sausage gets made. You know what? I I didn't have another book to talk about. That's why I figured I'd break away. So I, I was kind of on the on the last lap there. That's okay. <laughs> we can we can start wrapping it up. We're we're well over an hour, so we can. Uh, unless anyone has any uh any final final thoughts or announcements or anything like that. Um. Yeah. Well, just to emphasize again our our patreon uh if you go to patreon.com slash comic book pit you can you can join in the fun and there's a lot of fun to be had we um you know you'll you'll always be able to get the the main show for free on our feed but you know we also have uh the comic book pit comics done by jared and sean atkins and then our bonus content podcast we have r2 yen which is a japanese culture type of uh review show like pop culture review by kate and link where they talk about anime manga games all kinds of stuff and it's uh there's a couple episodes up and it's a lot of fun um and then uh like jared mentioned uh sequential underground the first episode of that was posted this month. We've got another one coming up. Uh, Like you said, the first one was Jared talking about his creative process. Uh, The second one is Sean talking about, you know, his work on his comic hard lemonade, which is kind of a, uh, like a sci-fi Western, I think is a good way to describe that. So new seasons are coming uh, next month. Yeah. So next week. Next week. <laughs> next week. So, February third, depending on when, when you're hearing this. 
February 3rd in the year of our Lord, 2021. And just to, uh, just to, you know, promote another project that is going to be starting actually this week. And this is not going to be under the Patreon paywall. This is going to be free to listen to uh, myself and a friend of the show, Jeremiah Ian, who is now, I guess, technically part of the show. Uh, he and I are going to be doing a podcast called movies with issues. It's kind of a movie review uh, podcast, but this is going to be kind of taking the kind of the, the worst of the worst comic book movies yeah. and uh, talking about them. Right. So uh, the first one we're starting with is Spider-Man three. Oh, <laughs> okay. So oh, strategy. Yeah. So, so if that, if, if that gives anyone any incentive to, uh, to listen, we're actually going to be recording that this week. So look for that, uh, probably sometime, uh, this weekend to be in our feed. That's going to be a lot of fun. I'm looking forward to that. I've, I've seen a list, uh, Jeremiah already put together a, I mean, he is 150% already in, um, in to this project. He's already put together a spreadsheet of over uh, conservatively 80 movies to, <laughs> to watch. <laughs> and and we're only doing this monthly. So, and these, so are, these are just bad comic book movies. Yes. And there, there are, there are, sev- there are several crow movies. Uh, okay. And that's not even counting. Like, that's not counting the first one. The first one was really good. Yeah. There's like three other crow movies. Yes. There are four fantastic four movies on the list. (laughs) Um, it's, it's, it's crazy. It's going to be. Yeah. Um, these are movies that some of them I've never, I've never seen some of them. I vowed I would never see again, (laughs) but, but here we are. So and it's, uh, the next seven years of your life is going to be devoted to watching these, and it's only going to keep growing. Like mm-hmm. it's not like all of a sudden bad comic book movies are going to like stop. Oh yeah. Like, yeah, you throw a stick and there's a new one popping up. Shit, yeah. we just watched one a month ago. I mean, it's <laughs> yeah, it's that's on the list. Yeah, <laughs> well, and I feel like everybody forgot about this because it it was released literally when COVID started, but bloodshot came oh, out oh, last year. Yeah. That's right. That counts. Yeah. So uh, you poor man, <laughs> you bleed for the earth. Time will tell. We, I don't really know what to expect, except I think it's going to be fun. That's the only thing I could, I can fully predict. So. My prediction. Uh, fun. Hey. <laughs> Thank you, Clubber Catherine. <laughs> All right. Well, let's get out of here. Um, uh, so this has been episode 377 of the Comic Book Pit podcast. The March to 400. Oh, yeah, you stole my thunder. I see what happened. Oh, I off an episode. Go ahead. Say it. The March I'll, to 400. So have you been doing it? Because I, 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 I heard my tweet no. come back. Just an episode. And then you got you do the, the episode with Sean and the links. Like, so have I been missing? Has this been happening? No, no. Well, okay. we. I, I think the the first mention of the March to four hundred was probably in episode episode three seventy five, which is the last one you guys were on. 
Um, yeah, we're, did, did we did say it or did we say? I thought it was post show where I'm like, I've been waiting to say March to 400, but I don't know when is the right time. Well, I think Dan and I did the final episode of 2020, and oh. I did say the March. That's okay. right. I, I think I think I think we decided that 375 was the number. Yeah. To start counting down. Well, don't we're worry. on the March to 400. I didn't mean to get all territorial there with it. It's not like I own the March 2 number. You know, it's not like trademark Jared Catherine. But we'll beat louder and louder as we go, though. So don't apologize. I've been waiting since like episode like 351 to start talking about March to 400. (laughs) Well, we still have a lot of episodes to go, so you can you can definitely uh, I'll let let you have that. The rate we go, we do what two a month. Yeah. So a year. So 2022, probably like this time next year. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I think That's I did right. math right. 24 episodes, 12 months. It's a year. Mm-hmm. Somebody check my math and leave me in the comments. It's 12 months a year. Like, oh my God, it's still fucking <laughs> Turn the shit off 10 minutes ago. All right. So uh, I'm Dan, and uh, with me is Scott. Everyone and Jared, goodbye. <laughs> that sounded so final. <laughs> March Thanks the for... 377, it's over. <laughs> I quit. March the 400. <laughs> March the 400. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time. <laughs> <laughs>